Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good evening and welcome to episode five of Funny Like a Clown podcast. It is November 28th, 2018. We are here to make you laugh. We are here to amuse you. It's a comedy show. And on the line, I have American actor, voice actor, comedian, best known for playing... Nerd characters in films such as Grease, Grease 2, Midnight Madness, I Want to Hold Your Hand in 1941. We have uh, actor Eddie Dezine. Eddie, welcome to the show. Great, great talking to you, Dennis. It's Dezine, by the way. Pronounce Dezine, but thank you. Dezine, okay. What did I say? Dezine. Dezine, oh, Dezine, all right. Now I know everybody knows, all right. Okay. Well, I got chills. They're multiplying. Who didn't watch Grease? Who don't remember you from the all-time hit classic? My sister's favorite movie, by the way, oh, Grease. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> Grease just will not die out, will it? it that will live forever. forever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I know before before you got Grease, you actually, uh, you know, your first start, you said, was on the Gong Show. Well, what was your memories from the Gong Show? In, in fact, Dennis, it's interesting. Tomorrow is my anniversary. I was on the Gong Show November 29th, uh, 1976. Wow. Uh, I, I, I was a little schnook, you know, I, would, I had never done anything. I, I took the bus, I remember, I auditioned for the gong show, and I passed, and I did a stand-up routine. And I literally took the bus to NBC Studios, I remember I walked there, took the bus, walked over to NBC. Uh, I had to wait like about six hours with about a hundred other acts, and, uh, and I did my little act. I got gonged by Paul Williams. Chuck Barris was the nicest guy in the world, by the way. I don't know if you remember the gong show, but... I do, yeah. Shows. Yeah, he was a super, super nice guy. Paul Williams gonged me. And then, Dennis, I swear, it was about 30 years later, okay? Maybe, yeah, 25 or 30 years later. I happened to, the guy that gonged me was Paul Williams. Do you remember him, the composer Paul Williams? He's still around? Don't remember him, Paul, no. Yeah, he, he did Evergreen with Barbara Streisand. And he composed some relatively famous songs, but he was a nice little guy. But anyway, he gonged me on the gong show. Then 30 years later, I'm at an audition, and Paul Williams is there. Hi, Mr. Williams. Hi, I'm Eddie Deason. You gonged me on the gong. He goes, please forgive me. Did he remember you? He, well, he, this is what happened. He goes, please forgive me. I go, what, what do you mean? He goes, please <laughs> forgive me. I go, I go, Mr. Williams, it wasn't that big a deal. You gonged me. It was like a joke. He goes, no, you don't understand. He goes, I'm an Alcoholics Anonymous now. Anybody that I hurt while I was under the effects of alcohol, I have to apologize and be forgiven. So he was really serious about this. I go, so he I thought it was the alcohol that made him gong you? Right. All right. Well, that's... You know, Mr. Williams, you're absolved. I, I totally forgive you. Don't worry about it. We, we shook hands. He was a nice guy. That's the path to recovery. Yeah, you got to look for forgiveness. Yeah. So, yeah. who knows? He might have liked you and only gone because he was under the influence. You know what? That's what I tell myself. You're right, Dennis. <laughs> who knows what could have happened with the gong show? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but it's good. So, from there, let's move on to Greece. I mean, how did you get the role for Greece? Was it as easy as you just went in and ripped for the role? Or how did that come about? And Dennis, when you auditioned, I, I, I read my role, there was uh, Alan Carr was 
Thurman, who was our producer, Randall Kleiser, our director, and a man named Joel Thurman, who was the casting director, were all there in the room, and they read for me. I had like two or three lines, you know, so I read, and they were looking at me. And I noticed, Dennis, while I looked down at the script, they nudged each other. I saw them nudging each other. And that was a good sign? I am religious, yes. Coincidence in life that was meant to happen. You were yeah. meant to play that role, but um. Well, I know for me personally, it was I'm a big dude now, but it was my junior year in high school before I hit my growth spurt, and before that, I was always a short, chubby kid who got picked on at school. But were, were you a nerd in real life at school? Did you consider yourself or? Picking on the nerds, right? But I was on the other side of the coin too, and I wasn't nerd and pick, so I saw both sides of the fence. All right, so you you were ready for the role, but it was it was it was that simple. You just went in for the role, and they nudged you because I mean nowadays you got to know somebody, and it's who knows who in that. If you can stand out, that's yeah. what they remember. Exactly, you're right. So now I know, I know for a little bit you tried stand-up comedy and you performed a few times at the comedy store. What was that like yeah. trying stand-up comedy for you? I had a hard time memorizing lines, Dennis. I couldn't do it. Some comics get up, you know, and they'll do it 15 minutes. Natural, yeah. Routine. I had a hard time. Yeah, I, I used cue cards. I literally, literally had little index cards. And I read my routine. I go out there, there's any D's and da-da-da-da, applause, applause, applause. They go, they, they clap. I go, sure, but we respect me in the morning. That was my <laughs> Concentrated on acting after that? Yeah, I just stuck acting after that pretty much. Alright, well, you've, you've had quite some legendary roles. I know uh, you're in the movie 1941, directed by Steven Spielberg. What was, what was it like working with the all time legend Steven? Wonderful guy. 
I uh, tell you a couple stories. One day, Stephen, I, I don't know if you saw that film. Did you ever see 1941? No, you know, actually, the guy who got us together, he was asking me, and he, I'm trying to remember it. I watched so much as a kid, but the Ferris yeah, wheel seems to remember film. a little bit, yeah. Uh, Obviously. <laughs> Murray was the mayor in that, and he was my power on the Ferris wheel with my dummy. Anyway, one day Stephen's whipping us around, spinning us around real fast, and I got nauseous, I got sick. So I go, Stephen, I'm sick, and I get down, he takes me out, he goes, he goes, go lie in my dressing room. So I go, and Stephen's secretary took me, and I'm wobbly-legged, you know, and I'm, I'm there in the dressing room, I'm lying in Stephen Spielberg's cot. So then I got real sick, I crawled into the bathroom, I threw up in the toilet. And then the significance hit me, I go, I just threw up in Stephen Spielberg's <laughs> toilet. <laughs> Was he upset or what? Is he understanding? He knew about it. But you knew you did it, man. Yeah, that was chalk that one up on my board. I did. How many people yeah. can claim that, right? Exactly. It was a real honor. But now, was he another guy? Was was he as just as friendly off, you know, off camera as he was while he was working, or? Starstruck, right? Yeah, I was totally starstruck, but it was surreal. And Belushi's sitting around there talking real casual and all. Then we finished lunch. I realized, oh my God, I don't have any money. I'm going to be this so embarrassing. Luckily, Stephen picked up the tab. He paid for the lunch, so I wasn't embarrassed. But that go. was my coolest lunch ever. <laughs> but you think that about the stars. You think they walk different, they eat different, they talk different, and then you meet them and, wow, they're just like me and me. I mean, it's exactly. the same people. You're exactly right. You realize they're human beings. We tend to think of them as not human entities because, you know, they're like bigger than life. They started out just like me and you, you know, exactly. Yeah. So now you were you were uh, one of only seven actors returned for Grease 2. What was that like for you, returning to Grease 2? any fear that doing Grease 2 might ruin the first Grease, or what was it? Uh, I don't know, because Grease is so vast, so huge, I don't think it had that effect. I could see where, where you're going with that, I could kind of see it, but I think Grease is so untouched. Grease 2 is so much less, it's so much more of a minor film, you know, I just, I don't think it's really hurt Grease. So it was more of like a reunion for everybody to get together and celebrate Grease, yeah. it was never meant to... Yeah, Because I know, like Tom Hanks said, he'd never do a Forrest Gump too because he didn't want to ruin the original one. It would just cheapen it. I didn't know if there was any fear of that going among you. Or... I could see that, yeah. But, uh... Oh, yeah. 
so, <laughs> That's always a good influence to get you back to payday, sure. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, you, you were one of the original nerd roles from that, Grease, and I know after that became uh, Revenge of the Nerds and the Big Bang right. Theory now, where right. nerds are actually the cool kids. They've shown, hey, there's more nerds than there are cool kids out there, but, I mean... Yeah. I was I was not necessarily the first nerd, but I was the first computer nerd. If you watch War Games, I was the first computer nerd in that film. That's where the computer nerd started. So you, you, you were, I mean, you were one of the originals that, I mean, people alive nowadays that remember anyway, going back to their childhood, you were, you were the representative of that role. Oh, thank you. But, uh, all right, we got a sponsor here on Funny Like a Clown Podcast. i got to mention them real quick. Uh, it's G Vegas Buffalo Sauce. For the spicy, sweet, savory taste of game time, there's only one G Vegas, and I'm a big fan of G Vegas Buffalo Sauce. But, uh, that sounds good. You're making me hungry. It sounds good. <laughs> good stuff. But speaking of sports, I know you're a big sports fan in real life. Who are some of your favorite teams? I'm a Pirates fan in baseball. We never do anything, but I'm spoiled in football. I'm a New England fan, so I'm kind of spoiled. Yeah, right. So that's why I'm, I'm coming out of Beantown. Here. I know what you're talking about there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. That's part of their charm, though, you know, I mean, it's a small community-type fan base. Yeah, who are your teams, Dennis? Well, I'm a big Celtics fan, and I'm right with you okay. with the Patriots, and uh, our world okay. champion Red Sox, you can't forget those, and, uh, oh, they're awesome. and yeah. the Boston Bruins also, they, they just got one. You okay. never thought they did, they got one, so that so was you're good. Boston I'm Boston born, bred, I bleed green, okay. I mean. Okay. But, uh... Being a Patriots fan, what, what did you think? I mean, I thought they were so good on the field that teams had to try to figure out how to beat them off the field. What was your opinion of Scott's, you know, Spygate and Deflategate and all that? I couldn't agree with you more. I, they're so, Brady's career is so surreal, so like nothing in any sports history that a guy wins so much. They had to find something to cheapen them to try to make them last. So I think they just made this up. If you look at the, the, the uh, Deflategate, well, we, we won like 73 to 6 or something. Right. It was ridiculous. It wasn't even <laughs> You either love Brady or you hate him, and uh, you know if you love him, you, you stick with the facts, yeah. and if you hate him, then you got to make up stuff to, exactly. like you he's said, try like and cheapen it. But... Right, he's kind of like Muhammad Ali. You like the guy or you hate him. You love the guy. Or you... It's like President Trump, same thing. You either love the guy you worship or you can't stomach the guy. People like that. Early Elvis, you know, <laughs> early Elvis in the fifties. People either loved him or you just hated Elvis. You thought he was a devil. That's the saying around here, you know, they hate us because they ain't us. They wish their team was us because we, we whip out all the rings and that quiets everybody else. Yeah, yeah, but, absolutely. He looks like he's got to be kind of jealous, Brady, because he's this good-looking guy. He's married to a supermodel. He has all this success, you know. He, he, he's a millionaire living in a mansion, so he seems like he's coming for And a lot of people resent that. They don't like these characters. Right, right. That, that's, yeah. you know, you're, you're jealous of success. A lot of people are that yeah. because they wish they were yeah. but... All right, we got a little bit of a fan base here on Funny Like a Crown Podcast, and uh, some of the fans actually chimed in. They've had some questions for you. Would you mind answering a few sure. questions from the fans? Oh, my pleasure, sure. All right, we got Urban Lewis wanted to know, his question was, how cool was it to feel up that girl in that 80s teen film you did? I forget the name. Do you know the film he's talking about it? And... Uh, I, I looked at the girl's breasts, I remember, and in Midnight Madness, was it Midnight Madness? Okay, maybe that was it. He said he didn't remember, yeah, but... And you sit there, you're getting paid to do that, right? <laughs> exactly, you get paid yet. I usually it's the other way around with me. So that's a win-win situation, especially, you know, exactly. playing a nerd role, right? Exactly. 
yes. All right. Jeff Sylvia chimed in. Uh, do you hang out with any other childhood actors? I uh, Jeff, uh, not necessarily the stars. Um, I, 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 I get asked that all the time. Childhood actors, I'm trying to think. Da, 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 da. Not necessarily, no. And, or, or, or if he's indicating child actors, no, or the stars. I get that all the time. They go, do you still see Spielberg? Do you still hang out with Tom <laughs> Hanks? And it, the answer is, they're in a different universe. You right. Know, they live in a different world. John and Olivia, you know, I saw all the Grease cast pretty much. We did a signing show like last May in uh, New Jersey. We did Chiller Theater. We all signed. And they go, will John and Olivia be there? No. John and Olivia are both worth $300 million. You know, they, they, don't, they don't have to sign, right? <laughs> yeah. We do these signing shows. We get $20 an autograph, and we're grateful for it, the rest of us, you know. But it still must be a thrill to get to rally together with the rest of the cast like that. Oh, yeah. Wonderful. And there's people thrilled to see you, too, so you're making their day, right? They haven't changed a bit. They're the greatest people. It's like, Greece, they always say, what was Greece like? And I go, Greece was like a two-month party, the greatest party you've ever been to in your life. Imagine that. And it lasted for two months. That's what Greece was. <laughs> and did it bring back memories of high school for you? Absolutely, yes. Of course yeah. it did. All right. Now, we got some intelligent uh, fans here, and we got some not-so-intelligence. That's the charm of our show. But A.J. Okay. Happeny wants to know, um, how do you still have hair and John Travolta doesn't? You got any shampoo recipes you want to share with A.J.? Good question. Good question. <laughs> I guess that's heredity. I'm lucky, but you're right. John is the greatest guy in the world. John Travolta is the nicest guy in the world. He is a little bald now, so I forgive him for that. He's almost he's just the most totally nice guy I've ever worked with, the nicest guy I've ever met. But, yeah, and he looks good bald. None of us are getting any younger, are we? That's for sure. Yeah, that's true. Sadly true. You're right, Dennis. All right. I'll Johnny Benson you, wants to know, uh, will there be okay. a Midnight Madness 2? That's not up to you, but I mean, you do wish there would be one, yeah? Oh, yeah. You, you know what's funny about that, Dennis? We did Midnight Madness in 1979. Until last year, there was, if you know Midnight Madness, the cast is 25 people. There's 25 of us in it. All 25 of us were still alive up to last year. Now, you take any cast routinely, any random cast of 25 people, within 40 years, one of them is going to die just because of the law on this planet. You know, right, right. Law of averages, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So they could, they could conceivably. I mean, if somebody had the money to put it up on me. They could happen. All right. Now I gotta tell you, I, I'm a stand-up comedian by trade. I've done comedy for ten years now, and Adam Sands wants me to tell you a joke, and I've read it five times, and I don't understand the joke, but I'm gonna say it anyway. Maybe you'll understand it. And uh, Olivia Newton-John's in it, and when he spelled Olivia with an A instead of O, I knew something was up, but. Here's Adam's joke that he asked me to tell you. Uh, okay. What's worse than Greece all over Olivia Newton-John? What? Come on, Eileen. I will swear. D D D D D. Oh boy. Okay, I get it. I you get, get it. it? Explain it to me, please. Huh? Come on, I. You know, you come on a girl. You I got that part, yeah. Yeah. But who is come Eileen? Do you know? <laughs> It was, come on, Eileen. Right. Well, I swear, D D D D. Come on, Eileen. Well, I swear. I don't know. Is that how the song goes? I don't know. Is it? <laughs> well, there's something people can Google and figure it out because neither one of us got a clue yeah, other than. I, I got the dirty part of it, but I didn't get the Eileen part anyway. But, uh, okay, okay. All right. So, I mean, uh, uh, other than, I mean, obviously you just said the mainstream actors you don't stay in touch with, they're in the universe. But, I mean, so, some of the actors on the B level like you, who, who are some of those you stay in touch with? 
I mean, who are some of like the B-list actors that you worked with, you know, on your level that you did stay in touch with? Yeah, well, that you stayed in touch with over the years. Are there any? Or? Well, I would say, I wouldn't call him a B actor. He's a great guy, but Barry Pearl of Greece, you know, he's one of the T-Birds. Barry was duty. He's one of the T-Birds in there. We've been pretty close pals so the years. He's a great guy. Uh, some of the Grease cast I've been in touch with. Patty Simcox, Susan Buckner I've been in touch with. I had a crush on her when we did Grease. She's Patty Simcox, the goody-goody cheerleader, you know. And, uh, yeah, Kelly Ward has directed me. He's a great guy, one of the T-Birds in Greece. So a lot of the Grease cast I've kept in touch with, they're wonderful. Now, are they doing some of the shows with you, too? Yeah, we do a lot of things. Okay. I used to do them with Jeff Conaway all the time. Jeffy and I used to do two shows together. The two of us sitting together, we did a bunch of shows. Really? You know, before he passed away, he was a wonderful guy. He was like a brother to me. Well, that leads me into my next question here. I know I'm a, I'm a big Robin Williams fan, and he gave us so much, so many movies, so great things. Yeah, and sure it is. was such a tragedy how his life ended. And I know I watched, uh, I watched Jeff Conway on Celebrity Rehab, and... You know, he called yeah. himself out. He said he had taxi, he had grease, he had the world by the tail, and substance yeah. abuse, it really, you know, took its toll. And John Travolta, yeah. he got attacked by the paparazzi. But being connected with those actors, what, what was it like for you seeing that happen to, to these great actors? Well, John, you know, has had a very successful career. John seems to be still going. John, is, he's at the level, you know, he's a Hollywood legend. You know, he's made three classic films. He's had Grease, uh, Saturday Night Fever, and Pulp Fiction. And he's made a, a lot of good films. And Welcome Back, Carter. So John is in the category of legend. Jeffy was a different animal. Jeffy was, uh, he had his demons, you know. We, we've all got our demons, but Jeff had really big demons. You could just see it. Jeff had nine back operations. And sadly, he got into drugs, you know, because of the pain, you know. He, the painkillers, right? Yeah. Just, yeah. Sadly, you take painkillers and you get hooked. It's not the, you know, he's not some evil guy taking drugs. He's a guy trying to relieve pain. It's a different thing, but he couldn't get off it. And he right. was suffering. And we had uh, Dennis, one of the last things was like 2011, Barry Pearl, we all, all of Grease cast were there. It wasn't John Oliver, but the rest, we all went to visit uh, Jeff. He was like in this old folks home. Everybody there was like 90 years old, all these literally old folks, and Jeffy's there, and he was in a wheelchair. And I would wheel him around, we had lunch together, we all had deli sandwiches and sodas, and I remember wheeling Jeff around his wheelchair, and I almost cried. And I, you, I mean, if you look at Greek, he's like this Greek Adonis, you know? Right, Jeff right, right. He yeah. leather suit, he looked like the Fonz, you know? Really macho cool, but he was in a wheelchair, hunched over, and I wheeled him around. He, Eddie, did you get your soda? And he helped me get my soda out of the soda. And he took me to his little bedroom, and he, you know, it was just, it was very sad. It was, it was sad to see him It's kind of like, I don't wish death on anybody, but, but you know, some of these people you see, they're Suffering and you uh, yeah. misery. And Jeff was one. I'm glad he wasn't suffering anymore. Right. I lost my best friend to, to, to substance abuse, and it was very, like you said, it's very sad. But yeah, you hope other actors see that and offers them hope that you know what I, I you know, I don't yeah. want to go down roads yeah. like that. I got to take a better road. Like John Belushi was there. Like he, he had the substance abuse. He wasn't suffering though. John could have made it through. He just was dumb. He did some dumb. He chose you know, bad choices, he right? a lot of, you know, who knows what it would have did and the enjoyment it would have gave us and the films he would have made, right? Yeah, a talented guy like that, he would have given us so much great, more great comedy, you know? Right. 
So I know yeah. now you're on to uh, bigger, well, I wouldn't say bigger and better things, but I mean, you're still keeping busy. You're part of the Cartoon Network with Dexter's Laboratory, and as you said, you were yeah. on the Polar Express. So tell us a little about what you're up to nowadays. Uh, mostly I do. I'm stuck in Maryland right now. I'm trying to get back to LA. I've been actually in here, out here for three years. I do mostly signing shows now, Dennis. I go around the country doing signing shows, and they're fun. Or I do Grease screenings. I do Polar Express screenings. I go. I introduce the film. I do Q&As with the audience, you know, and introduce films. Because, you know, Polar Express, it's always shown around Christmas, and Grease is shown all year round. So I do that a lot, and I, I love doing the signing shows. You meet these nice fans. So it's very fun. I have a fun life. But I do miss working in the movies. I wish I could get back into it, but we'll see. You know, you, you, Hollywood's very tough. It's a tough racket. It's, it's tough. Oh, yeah. It's, it's tough to keep working. <laughs> Chew you up and spit you out. But, I mean, did Polar Express, did they approach you because you're known as the nerd actor? Or no, did you I read for it? Or? Bob, Bob Zemeckis, we did a film in the 70s called I Want to Hold Your Hand. It was the first one Bob Zemeckis ever directed. It was about the Beatles. We're Beatles fans. We go to see the Beatles. So I kind of played myself because I am a Beatles fan. Right. Anyway, it was the first film Steven Spielberg ever produced, and I got to know these guys. And I did that, and then I did 1941 the next year with Steven. I got to be directed by Steven. Anyway, Bob remembered me 25 years later and wrote me into the Polar Express. He wrote me in, and he wrote in a role for me. So that's how I got that. And I got to wow. the nicest guy ever. That's why you be nice to everybody, because you never know who's going to remember you down the line, right? So how did things come about with the Cartoon Network? Uh, very good. I love working there. You know, the last, in fact, the last thing I did was a uh, SpongeBob. I did that last SpongeBob really? movie. I worked with yeah, Tim Conway and I. You look at the end credits of it. Tim Conway and I are two pigeons together, seagulls. I think. I think Tim and I are two seagulls. We play together. And we're talking over the end credits, but that was my last gig. Another comedy legend, Tim Conway, and he he was a oh, uh, guy ever, super nice guy. Great loss to comedy, one of the legends right there. But you actually were in Dorf on. The dwarf golf thing, right, with him? Yeah, I did a couple of those. I did a dwarf golf thing, yeah. <laughs> All right, Eddie. Uh, rumor has it you are a big Beatles fan. Is that true? The world's biggest Beatles fan. Yes, I love the Beatles. Okay, and they say you can knock it dead with the trivia. Yes. I got Fire three away. trivia Fire questions. Are you ready to knock it dead? Fire away. Okay. <laughs> Number one, uh, what did the Beatles receive for performing three times on the Ed Sullivan Show? Was it 100000 50000 10,000 or 5,000? That's a great one. Okay, let me think. I'm going to go, I think it was 10,000. All right, Eddie, you're one for one. <laughs> you right. know, I actually went with 5,000 because I consider the time. I mean, 5,000 is yeah. a lot more money than what it was now, but it that was 10,000. All right, we're one for one. Yeah. All right, number two, what was the number one song on Billboard's charts? February 1st, 1964, a week before the Beatles performed on the Ed Sullivan Show. Oh, that's a great one. Was it, um, I'm going to guess one of the, like a Bobby Vinton song or something like that. That's a great one. What's the answer to that? It was, I want to hold your hand. Oh, the, okay, I'm sorry. I, I got you. I wouldn't, I'm not saying I wouldn't know. That. It was a clever <laughs> one, okay. I was thinking of somebody besides the Beatles. Right, right. Well, it was a week okay. before they performed on the Ed Sullivan Show, oh, so... They were hot at the time, right. All right, so we're one for two yeah. here. So here's the third one, and even if you don't get it, two out of three ain't bad, right? Like Meatloaf okay. would say, but here we go. Uh, what was the first song the Beatles performed live for an American audience? Oh, that's a great one. So that would be the Hollywood, the Washington concert. Um, I'm going to say uh, All My Lovin'. All My Lovin', you hit it. Two out of three ain't bad. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, those were tough questions, man. Two out of three, you hit it right there. But uh, so Eddie, what's what's in your future? I mean, what would you hope come along? What are your plans in the future? If you had a dream role, what what do you want to do? 
my career is so nebulous right now. I don't know what it's going to be. I, I feel like I might never work again because I've been gone from LA for two or three years. So right. I'm going to go back. I'm trying to get back by the end of the year, and we'll see what happens. But uh, hopefully, there'll be more movies in my future. I'd love to do that. More cartoon shows. You know, I love doing voiceovers. So we'll see what the future brings. I'm kind of like Forrest Gump. I'm kind of like that white feather getting blown around now. I don't quite know what's going to be. Okay, so I mean, who, who are some of the actors that inspired you and who, if the phone could ring and it was one actor saying they wanted to work with you, who would you wish it would be? Still living? Uh, well, yeah, they'd have to be alive to make a movie, but, well, well, who inspired you, I mean, if they passed away that inspired you, who inspired you? Well, my favorite, my all-time favorite is Curly and the Three Stooges. Curly Howard would be my all-time hero. The Three Stooges, geniuses, yeah. Oh, God, I, I think he's the greatest artist ever. He makes me laugh the most. But, um, Jerry Lewis was a huge influence. I, I love Jerry. Uh, my sister had muscular dystrophy. Just what he did with the Jerry Lewis telephone alone was yeah, just marvelous. He had such a great life. He had such a wonderful life. Okay. Uh, he was in pain, physical pain too, but he right. got through his, unlike Jeff. So, uh, but Jerry had a bad back too. He had a bad back injury, and he dealt with pain for decades. So. Right, right, right. But anyway, I love, uh, I love the Marx Brothers. I love Harpo and Groucho Marx. I love them. Buster Keaton, I just saw, Dennis, I just saw this Buster Keaton documentary. It's wonderful. I think it's called The Great Buster, but it was my favorite movie of the year. Buster Keaton, I love. Chaplin, I love. I love Charlie Chaplin. Charlie Chaplin, uh, huh? Yeah, old Laurel and Hardy, I love Stan and Ollie, you know, these, oh, I like the old guys. The you old know, black and white stuff, right, the Abbott and Kyle yeah. Stellos, yeah, I know yeah. what you're saying. These guys make me laugh the most. Alright, so most. so nowadays actors that are still alive, if a phone could ring, somebody alive called you, who would you want to work with? Anybody, uh, somebody I haven't, could I pick Tom Hanks again? Could yeah. I to work with Tom Hanks again? Tom Hanks, you like to work with again, or was that, that thrilling, yeah? If it's somebody I've never worked with, I'm going to say, who do I really like now? I like, because John Travolta and Tom Hanks, I swear, are my two favorite actors, and I've been lucky enough to work with them. Living your dream, there you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know who else alive that I really admire. I'm trying to think. I don't know. So you're, you're lucky I, you did what you did, and you like to do it again, right? Yes, you're so right, yes. That's good. It, it would be a privilege to work with them again. Well, Eddie, it was a privilege to have you on Funny Like a Clown podcast. I want to thank you so much for your time. My pleasure. My pleasure, Dennis. All right. I wish you the best in the future, and have a good evening. You as well. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. All right, Eddie Deason right there. Classic from uh, Greece and all the other hits that we mentioned. And what a thrill to have him on the show, episode five. All right, until the next episode, uh, keep us tuned in. Look us up on Facebook. Look us up on the website, Funny the Clown Podcast. And we will see you next time. Thank you. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.